Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. We are here. What's up? For season, what is it, season four? I don't know. I know it's 2023, 2023, 2023, and we are two back oh. for another year of Benzinga Cannabis Insider. How are you, Mr. Elliot? I'm Lane, great. Now, American man of mystery. Hey, and my Argentinian action figure friend, Javier Jase. I'm great, my friend. Uh, excited for another year. Y'all, let's like, let's take a pause. Let's back up a little bit. A, super grateful for how much Benzinga cannabis has grown. A lot of it has to do with Javier Hase. None of it would be possible without Aaron Thomas, our producer. Uh, and I'm excited to do another year of this. But y'all, none of this happens without you. Uh, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or any podcasting platform, if you're watching this on YouTube live or after the fact or on LinkedIn or Twitter, wherever you are intaking this, let us know what you want in the year ahead. We did get some feedback from you. Uh, at the end of the year, people want to hear more about 280E. People want to hear more about social equity. People want to hear about how New York is uh, being built out and, and, and you know more about these markets and the structure behind them in general. So we're going to try and bring you that content this year. And, and honestly, Javier, you could probably speak to a lot of that from your own knowledge. And maybe uh, we open it up to you here in a second. Uh, but I do want to say this as a show is meant to introduce you uh, to executives and companies that are working within the space and are building this industry from the ground up. And that is what we're here for, is to introduce you to that side of the space uh, and different investment opportunities while we're at it. Uh, so that being said, we're here to do it all year. We are going to have a hell of, of uh, a schedule for you all. We are booked out for months, literal oh. months, Javi. And that oh. being said... That's what we're here for. Javier, anything to add to that, man? No, when you mentioned, uh, you know, for those who listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, it's, it's thousands of people a week. And I wonder if they know that we go live every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. And they can engage with us. They can ask questions to our guests. Exactly. Exactly. That is my point. We want to see some interaction in the chat. We try to always respond to your questions. We, all, we, you know, we, we like to interact with people. It's not just Elliot and I. Uh, mm -hmm. shooting the we're lead. boring <laughs> yeah yeah hobby's super boring and i'm i'm a, i'm a snooze fest um no but i agree you know, with you it's boring the new documentary series out of bbc3 cara delavine the british model and actress explores gender sexuality and our deepest desires in planet sex and she, one of the things that she does is look into the relationship between sex and cannabis. Super, super interesting. You can learn more about this on Benzinga.com slash cannabis. Recommend you know, it. I know by saying this, it kind of brings it back down to earth a little bit, but your transition there was flawless. That was beautiful, Javier. <laughs> I like transitions. <laughs> that was amazing. Keep going. What else is, is on your mind to start the year? Should we do it now? Actually... Actually, I got ahead of myself. Quick recap. What happened at the end of last year? We ended with some negative vibes in the space. Most people that are listening to this probably already know what happened. But Javier, uh, we did have a few things. A positive uh, happening being Housing Works, being the first dispensary sale in the state of New York, in Manhattan, in the village. Uh, so that's really cool. Do you know the history cool. of Housing Works, by the way? No, do you? I So I was on a call with their PR firm yesterday. 
They are previously from the 80s. They are a nonprofit that was there to support people with HIV. And they, they, in many cases, they did so towards the end of, of life, if I'm not mistaken. They have always been there for the people. And I think that them being the first sale of cannabis in the state of New York, whether or not you agree with how they've structured their social equity program, it, I, I think it means cool, something, right? It is super cool. I am so happy to see that that is the case and not just another huge MSO and no shade on MSOs, but like, we want them there too. But yeah, if the state was all about, you know, this program is going to be super inclusive, you know, I think this was the the, the right start to it. I mean, that this was Mm -hmm. a good kickoff. Absolutely. I agree with you. Anyways. So that happened. We obviously for the seventh time, uh, Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell, uh, their measuring contest ended up with both of them measuring zeros to one inch and they both failed at getting us anything that was safe or hope or anything cannabis related passed uh, on the omnibus spending package um, or in the language at least. Um, so here we are back to normal, back to work in an industry that is federally illegal. Uh, that is it. I, I was not expecting any change to be honest. Yeah, um, fool me seven times. Shame on me. <laughs> There were uh, a few interesting recaps, actually. Um, you can find them on Benzinga.com slash Cannabis Select One by our editor, Maureen Meehan, titled The Good, The Bad, and The Frustrating, Five Events That Moved Cannabis in 2022. Um, also, toward the end of the year, some fun news. Snoop Dogg released his own cannabis line called Death Row Cannabis in honor of his recently acquired okay. uh, record label very very famous if you don't know death row records you know the geniuses behind uh dr dre and snoop and many others um also very controversial story of course um but i don't know i i, I really it, I, I always like to see what snoop is doing <laughs> apparently the sun is just absolutely attacking my camera right now uh but regardless snoop dog super interesting you know have you seen some of this some of these items on linkedin um, you know, in social media and Twitter, some of them can be rather harsh on cannabis companies, right? Uh, also, um, sorry, I think, is that Aaron that we're here? <laughs> the voice of God. Um, sorry, so guys, might, I don't know how that happened. No worries, brother, but <laughs> happy you're here. We love you. Um, but with that being said, what's going on with Casa Verde's portfolio companies? I think they're they're doing good. I mean, all the, all the, um, investments they did were pretty cool uh from what i remember i can check their portfolio right now but it's like they got dutchy well they're good. see i Sanity think group out of germany all of them are going to come around to be successful i don't think any of them are going to be unsuccessful um but they were it seemed that they were getting questioned a lot over the course of december uh but that being said maybe it's nothing maybe it's just a social media sentiment And I apologize. I didn't realize that doing the podcast at 4 p.m. in uh, the wintertime was going to have a third guest of the sun (laughs) with us. So here we are. I'm going to be an angel today. uh, But we'll Well, move on. That's a good segue to get our fourth guest on. Considering. Oh, our fourth guest. Hey, the sun. I love it. Let's do it. Let's bring him on. Wesley Holloway, CEO of WHTC Holdings. I'm excited for this. Let's, let's, Let's start the combo.
All right, Wesley, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just excited to get back into this. You are our first guest of 2023. Thank you for being here, spending some time with us. Uh, listen, man, you know, we, we like to have casual conversations, but it can't happen without understanding your role in cannabis. How, how did you come to being the CEO of a plant touching cannabis company that's in multiple states? Well, in short, you know, my career started here in Oklahoma, um, which is home base for me and still where we have, I would say, our most robust operations. Um, but yeah, back in 2018, I believe it was October 2018, they passed state question 788, um, which was actually a petition that was put to a vote by the people of Oklahoma um, for medical marijuana legalization down here. I believe we passed with uh, 60 to 65-ish percent. Um, and me and one of my best friends, Tucker Kaysen, actually applied for our first license in January of 2019 and were awarded it um, in February 2019. So that was kind of, you know, the start of our uh, cannabis journey on the, uh, we'll say the, the legalized side of it, um, <laughs> being very <laughs> traditional. Um, and we started off just as wholesale distributors, to be honest with you. Um, did not have a ton of capital, um, didn't take on any investment. It really wasn't much of a thought at that time. Um, but we were just excited about being able to participate in the legal cannabis industry and being a distributor was kind of the easiest, you know, entry here in Oklahoma. Um, I think today a lot of people know, or, you know, lovingly call the Oklahoma market. It's very similar to the wild, wild west, which is, you know, <laughs> $2,500 and you fill out the questionnaire correctly, you got your license. Um, really? Oh, and yeah. That is how you did it? How did That's, you get that license? I was curious. That is exactly how we did it. Um, <laughs> the I mean, when the market opened up, it, it was, it truly was the, probably the easiest license application in the cannabis industry ever. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it was legislators who got rushed to bring you know, the program to market, um, part of 788 or state question 788 was once it passed, um, our state had 60 days to pick a government agency and that government agency had, you know, whatever the rest of the timeline was out of that 60 days to bring the program to market. Um, so to say that as a state, we didn't know what we didn't know. Um, I think that would be an extreme. <laughs> um, Fair. But man, it, it was floodgates wide open, um, which ended up working out for us early on. You know, being a wholesale distributor, there was a ton of brands um, that were developed out of Oklahoma and uh, even more brands that are around the country um, that wanted access to this, you know, what we used to call a free marketplace. Um, you know, at one point there was 2,500 licensed dispensaries. I think there was right around 7,500 licensed cultivators. Um, an additional three or 4,000 licensed processors. So truly anyone who had 2,500 bucks or could find that and fill out the application um, really got their chance at the industry. And truthfully, me and my buddy Tuck were just uh, two participants that lined up and started running the race and didn't really know what we were getting into. Um, but we're blessed to run across the right people at the right time and we're able to scale our business um, and again, started off as distribution that pushed into the extraction space. 
um, which then pushed into the finished product manufacturing or, you know, co-packing and manufacturing um, space is really is kind of what we do today. Um, mm-hmm. Part of the Oklahoma market being so robust, you know, we just, you know, the guns kind of went off and we started sprinting. But here we are two or three years later, <laughs> saw a few mistakes that we made. Um, our market pricing is absurdly low. Um, and so just really as an operation, you know, we've kind of consolidated um, and really picked our focus. Um, and so having those brand partners as a distributor, it made sense to go ahead and begin producing their products. Um, and so today, really, WHTC Holdings just owns and operates two different subsidiaries, but the business activity is the exact same. Um, PacU Cannabis Co., does the finished production of you know your vape cards topicals pre-rolls the infused pre-rolls um and then we have a co-packing manufacturing entity also called ok cannabev which just specializes in beverages only um which honestly that one has been a huge learning curve for us but it's been one of the more fun journeys that we've been able to have in cannabis just uh being able to see both sides of the beverage you know, industry within the cannabis space as a co-packer manufacturer and also as the owner of a few small brands. Um, it's been interesting to see the feedback from the dispensaries on beverages, feedback from the consumers. And, you know, as we go raise capital kind of in these open markets, getting feedback on the beverages from the investor side has all been very interesting um, for us. But yeah, you know, kind of, 30,000 foot view. That's how we started and kind of what we're doing today. That's Um, awesome to be here. Yeah, that's really, really awesome breakdown. Thank you, man. Nice uh, question from Rusty Kale, which I think is important for us to get into is you're not just in Oklahoma, right? Correct. Correct. So we just uh, launched Missouri with one of our brand partners. Um, And so we're actually working with someone that pre-existing already had a license. Um, And so we're signing an administrative and sales agreement where we are able to bring our brand partners into market via their license. Um, We have our signed deal out. Actually, you guys were mentioning New York. Um, I was out there two weeks ago meeting with our JV partners as we get geared up for that market. Um, And then after that, we have our eyes set on Illinois. We haven't launched anything in the Illinois market just yet. but I would say Missouri and New York and Oklahoma is where we're located currently. Um, but definitely nice. have our eyes open pretty wide as this uh, cannabis industry opens up around the country. There's not, and obviously a ton of uh, excitement around New York, but a lot of excitement around Missouri too, you know, from, from everything I've seen. Did a, a ton. Um, you know, Missouri just passed their adult use or their recreational law. I think they maybe voted on it a month or two ago. Um, so that goes into effect February of this year. You know, it's a, it, while it's still considered a limited market, you know, there's more licenses than maybe, I don't know. It's still a limited market compared to Oklahoma. I'll say that. Um, so for that reason, you know, it makes for a healthy market for what we do. But it's also exciting going into REC, being able to, uh, you know, infuse pre-rolls are currently not legal in Missouri. Um, so we're looking at an opportunity to be first to shelf with some of our brand partners there. So that's exciting. But I mean, honestly, out, out of all of them, Missouri is one of the more exciting markets for me personally, um, just because of the opportunity. And then obviously it being right next to home base here in Oklahoma. 
Absolutely. Can I ask, if it weren't for Oklahoma's um, open access, right, would you have gotten into cannabis in terms of the quote-unquote unlimited licensing structure? Hmm. I'd like to say yes, but I mean, I don't know. I'm just curious, you know, talking to somebody who's participating in the market and who's had success in the market, um, you know, and obviously there's an immense amount of competition because of unlimited licensing. There's an immense amount of uh, pricing issues, I would imagine, because of unlimited licensing. But I would imagine it's given opportunity uh, as well. And I just wanted to hear from you in terms of if that's how you looked at it. I do. It definitely gave us the opportunity. You know, again, whenever we started, we weren't personally flush with cash and didn't even have the thought to go raise capital. Um, so for us, you know, it was an opportunity like everyone else that had a chance to get into the game um, that wasn't well capitalized. I've always, I won't say I've always, but you know, I've been a consumer of cannabis for quite some time. Um, and so I'd like to think that whenever it was legal at home base, some way, somehow I would have been able to participate in the industry but I can definitively say we would not have dug as deep as, you know, what we have if it wasn't for the way that Oklahoma um, was set up just as a licensing structure. And we certainly would not have had the success and been able to scale the way that we have scaled, um, you know, without capital in any other market. You know, now that we've learned what it takes to be successful and even set up infrastructure in New York, you know, in Missouri, you know, some of those other states, you have to either have capital or experience um, and probably both to truthfully be successful in the long haul. So I am thankful for the Oklahoma market for that. It does have its challenges for sure. um, Pricing being the most challenging. Um, But hopefully some of the changes that we've made legislatively as a state, you know, we can start reaping the benefits of that in the next 12 to 18 months. I would like to do a little bit of a, of a rapid fire back and forth, uh, just because I really like your story, you know, your, your mm-hmm. origin story. Uh, there's this conception that, yeah, you can start a, a capital light business with not a lot of money, uh, not being flush for ca- with cash, cash as, you, as you said, uh, but more on the ancillary side of things in cannabis, right? But but there's this conception that, that starting a plant-touching business requires a bunch of money, right? So... If you don't mind me asking, what were you doing before starting this company and how much did it cost to set up an initial grow, right, uh, in order to scale? And then and then how do you scale without getting capitalized? Right. Um, so before we were in the cannabis space, my partner was actually a real estate um, broker down in Dallas, Texas. Um, and I was, I used to tell people I ran a medical distribution company, but in hindsight, I was self-employed and pushed a few different products to some doctors <laughs> I had uh, good relationships with. Um, but really, that's how we both spent all of our time um, together. But to answer your question of how you scale without capital, you know, I go back to just this market really allowing for it. Um, you know, people hate the term brokers, but essentially that's, what, that's where we started, you know. Um, went to a few of the brand partners, Timeless Vapes. I still owe those guys a lot of thanks because um, they were our first national brand partner that gave us a chance. Um, but everything we started was just on a commission agreement. So, you know, it cost us no money to procure product on our license. Um, and we were just kind of the legwork and the hustle. 
So how we looked at it was, you know, you start a business with capital or you start a business with extreme hustle. Um, and we just kind of hit the streets and we're door knocking me and Tucker and two of our other best friends were our very first sales reps um, and stayed that way for the first, you know, I'd say three to six months of the business. No one was ever too good to go knock on 40 doors a week um, and present product. And so from there, no one is ever too good to that for that. My mother, there's this saying down here in Argentina. It's like, what, 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 what do you think will happen? Do you think your, your uh, rings will fall off? Right. It's, it's there's <laughs> no such thing. I have some other questions from the chat because rustic yeah, is, is on one. fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and I'm going to combine two into one because I think they work well together. One is what, how have I not heard of W uh, HTC? Uh, which is something that I, I was kind of wondering myself too. And the other one is, what would you attribute your revenue growth to this year? These numbers are showing incredible growth. Is that sustainable? Right. Um, I don't know. I guess we need to do a little more PR on our side and get our name out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be truthful, we don't really talk much as WHTC Holdings. Um, you know, a lot of our marketing material and a lot of how we talk about ourselves on social media is really under the uh, PACU Cannabis Co. and the OK Cannabev. But I would say, you know, we're just getting out there. You know, we just launched Missouri, um, just put some infrastructure down in New York. So I would say as far as, you know, kids on the block, we're one of the newer ones there. Um, but we do hope to change that, you know. Um, we do have some good national brand partners that we were able to meet and execute with down here in Oklahoma. Um, and some of which have agreed to travel with us to some of these expansion markets. So I do feel that as we expand, you know, we get our name out there, but also, you know, as we do good work, um, I think that's truly how we get our name out there. If I'm being completely transparent, we've had a few fumbles and, you know, just made mistakes along the way here in Oklahoma. Um, So we've learned from those and we, you know, hope to continue to grow our book of business and our footprint and so no one has to ask why they haven't heard from us, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, never will again. Never again. Hey, uh, really well, quick. To, to be fair, also, like, you know, wholesalers, you know, you're selling to brands many times. People, like, most of the public knows the brand, right? Correct. Uh, if you ask who is the supplier, the biggest supplier for Tesla or the biggest supplier for McDonald's, most people won't know either. And it's right. multi-triple billion dollar companies, Right. And that's what we, you know, we saw that early on. It, the co-packing manufacturing is probably the least sexy portion of this industry. Um, but in every other industry, there's co-packers and manufacturers. And to your point, they do well. Um, and so what we kind of saw, at least in Oklahoma, and I still feel this way nationally, is there's not a ton of people that are just lined up saying, yes, I am a co-packer and manufacturer of finished product. Um so I think that kind of makes us a little different, um, but it doesn't really put your name on the billboards or anything like that. And um, that's mostly is for the brand side. But, you know, with that being said, I think the right exposure and access to the right brand partners and the right markets, um, we can definitely expand on our exposure. I have one more question and then we just have a couple minutes left here. Sure. Um, so as a CEO in, in cannabis, you know, and negative vibes all the way around at, at the end of the year with safe, right? But you're a private company. Um, you are, you know, growing pretty, some would say rapidly for the times uh, at the moment. How are you addressing uh, capital flow 
into your business right now? What are you looking for? Are you looking for it? You don't have to go super in depth. You know, you, you don't have to tell me anything you don't want to, but I think it'd be helpful for us to understand a company that's growing right now. What are you doing to grow in terms of addressing it in this environment? I would say we're doing two things. Um, the first one is the obvious, you know, we're out raising capital currently. I had to go secure some funding um, for New York on the equipment side. Um, and what I found on our capital raise, you know, there are groups that are willing to do equipment financing or anything that's asset backed. But as far as operating capital, um, we've had not too much success there. Um, but secondly, man, we've been able to surround ourselves with good people that really want to see us win. Um, I don't want to do too much name dropping, but the Smokies brands are personal friends of mine. And those guys have been great. Um, you know, they've really given me access to a lot of these markets um, and have just really been my biggest fan as well as my biggest customer and client. So being surrounded by people like that, um, you know, I mentioned them, but there's several other brands that have just been very gracious and helpful to us as we've grown. Um, without that, we would not have been able to grow. But I would say traditionally, you know, we're trying to raise capital. Um, the safe banking did hurt. But I would say for at least for Oklahoma operators, it's actually pretty interesting. I know we're out of time, but the banking in Oklahoma, I think we have 15 banks that actually take cannabis money. Um, I never thought in a million years that I'd ever be on the board of a bank. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the cannabis industry has actually landed me on the board of Alliance Bank down here in Oklahoma. Um, awesome. And the banking's been great. So. I'm definitely reaching out to Alliance Bank, but uh, that, that's all I have to say about that. Elliot taking a lead. Like, yep, yeah, I'm literally like writing Alliance one. Bank down right now. <laughs> Wesley, if you want to throw me an introduction there, brother, it's it's. Right, I can do it. I uh, can do it for certain. But my friend, it's been a pleasure to get to know you on the show. Any any kind of you know last things that we should look for moving into 2023 from you, from where you operate, from Oklahoma. Uh, anything else you want to leave us with? Yeah, I'd say look out for, uh, you know, we're launching a new brand called Benevolent Bakery. That's got a pretty, uh, I think, special nonprofit, um, you know, segment to the brand. Where we're working with the Homeless Alliance here in Oklahoma. Haven't picked one in Missouri, but, you know, doing some pre-mix baking mix for the uh, for the consumers. But we're really excited to give back to the community, grow the brand um, and just truly make a difference on several different levels. Awesome. Wesley Holloway, CEO. Oh, no, no, no. Javier. No, no, go. I, honestly, I was just going to say, you know, I, I love the, how the Oklahoma market is shaping up. People, some people are pissed. Some people say they didn't do it right. I think it was super inclusive. It gave everyone an equal footing as it relates to, to at least getting started right and, and, and providing with people with that opportunity. Banking is cool. And honestly, it's one of the most uh, diverse and inclusive cannabis industries I've seen in America, hands down. Hands yeah. down, like every uh, CEO or C-suite that I've met so far from an Oklahoma company is uh, from some minority group. Like I, I have not met any white dudes, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that says about the industry, but it's certainly refreshing to me. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, Access. I mean, uh, Christine Delarosa said it about New Mexico, but regardless, we'll get into that another day. And hopefully, <laughs> Wesley, you'll be able to join us for that conversation, my friend. But until then, you be well, sir. Absolutely. You guys appreciate you having me on today. It was a pleasure.
What a great conversation. <sighs> yeah, man. I really enjoyed this one. Me too. Honestly, a really good way to start. Rustikale, thank you for engaging, man. We hope all of you listening will do the same. Drop your questions in. No stupid questions. We are all learning about cannabis in this show. It's basically 101 and getting to know the executives. But we will be back next week on Tuesday. You're not going to be here, right, Javi? No, I'll be back okay. on Thursday and out the following week. I'm going to take a vacation. So we have two awesome guests that I get to interview by myself on Tuesday. So come back around. We have Matt Hawkins from Entourage Effect Capital, oh, one of the damn. OG investors in the space. I don't want uh, to you can ask. Why not? And then we're going to have Andrew Blasho. <laughs> We've never had Andrew on, the CEO of CLS Holdings. Uh, another uh, MSO. So I'm very excited for Tuesday. Javi, you're missing a you're missing a good one, brother. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope you're happy. I don't know. I'll see. Maybe, maybe I hope you're happy. Maybe I can drive from the road or something. <laughs> She's not while driving. Oh man. All right, guys. We are out for the week. Uh, we will see you again Tuesday at four Eastern time on Benzinga's YouTube or catch us on Apple Spot Apple Spotify, Anchor, all the other ones. Uh, but we will be seeing you guys. Podcon X, actually. That is Podcon X. Dan Humiston is the man. Catch us on Podcon X and a bunch of other awesome cannabis content. Uh, now, we're peacing. Have a great one, y'all.